Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still very much knee-deep in tech, and this is episode 118, recorded on the 7th of May, 2020. We um, we have something to talk about today. Yeah, we, we have everything that we didn't have time to talk about last week. And as many other things as well. Yeah, so MBAS happened, the Microsoft Business and Application Summit. Uh, when you say MBAS, the first thing I'm thinking of is fish. Fish? Yeah, isn't um, bass, bash, isn't that a fish in English? Bass is a fish, that's, that's exactly, correct. Exactly, MBAS, yeah. So MBAS. MBAS, oh, yeah, we have the name of this episode, I think. M-Bass. <laughs> anyway, we have not had a Power BI desktop update for some time. And a few days ago, Will Thompson, one of the PMs, uh, went on the internet and said, well, we're not going to have a desktop update before MBAS. And we're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming out on MBAS. And let's just say that Will was not lying <laughs> at all. Holy cow, it is a huge update for the Power BI desktop. And then you have the Power BI service, then you have the uh, gateway and so on and so forth. So there is so much stuff that have come out. And a lot of these are big. A lot of these are small changes that are going to mean a lot of things. Take, for instance, the personalized visuals. I touched on it very, very briefly the other day. And this is a way of having people personalize the visuals in a report without having edit access to the report. So instead of having to go back to the report uh, designer and say, well, I really, really want to have a, uh, God forbid, a pie chart here. You can now change it to a pie chart on your own for you, only for you. And that is just one small step towards having uh, increased tweakability, if you will. And most people really, really like to uh, have that ability. I, I That's my new favorite word, tweakability. Tweakability is, is sky high on this one. Mr. Tweakability, that, that's that's you. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt for sure. And, and I really like it. And I remember that you and Tony talked about it and we did talk about it in our failed recording as well. And and. I would like to move back to one of the things before you continue with all the other goodness. Um, I would love to see more about the audit options here and to learn more about how people are changing visuals. I think that data on data would be interesting. It would be extremely interesting to get an insight into what people do. And you, you can't infer why. Or you can infer why, but you can't see why. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think, however, that this data is surfaced anywhere. But I'll, I'll be talking to the product team about that because I think that would be very, very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder, because this is in the desktop app, right? No, um, it's not only in the desktop app. It's in the service as well. If it's in the service, then you should be able to get that audit data out of it. Oh, I'm sure the data is stored somewhere, but I am not sure that it is surfaced, or I'm, I'm pretty sure that it is not surfaced. We, we, we'll take a look at that. I have may have been doing some things this week, which 
can enable us to learn more about data on data on data. On that data shell, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, so it's a, it's a humongous blog post. It is. And I'm not going to go through all these things because I'll be talking for days, but I'm just going to point out a few one. Rectangular lasso select across visuals. Yay. Suddenly we can actually select the more visuals on one go. It's, it's Rectangular lasso? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask. It's so much easier to just work with uh, stuff in, in the uh, desktop. We have improved discoverability for conditional formatting. Conditional formatting is the way, like in Excel, when you have a number go over like a specific uh, threshold, it turns red, just for instance. You can do that in Power BI, and this has been, and still is in, in some ways, uh, slightly um, limited, I should say. But the conditional formatting is always being improved. Now you can do totals and subtotals in both the table and the matrix. We also have direct query support for the AI visuals. Previously, the decomposition tree and key influencers could only talk to cached data and do their magic on cached data. But now we have direct query support. Do keep in mind, though, that these are in preview and there are some limitations at this moment. But just, just keep a look at it. Then we have a ton of new visualizations. And the radar and polar chart by Exvis looks amazing. You're trying to say something. I sure am. And this proves that we need to do our session on how to secure Power BI. Mm -hmm. And we, we will be doing that now. Data protection in Power BI, mm -hmm. where you can use cloud app security and information protection to protect that sensitive data, because that's what I've claimed all the time, that the data you have here is as sensitive as any other data. So therefore, you need to be able to protect it somehow. Sure. So I'm really happy to see that. So that's definitely something we will be looking into. And I think that's, again, shows how important it is to look at other technologies in terms of how to secure and manage your your preferred tool, which in this case is Power BI. Oh, well, for sure. I mean, when unified labeling came into being for Power BI, people went from, okay, I don't care, to, oh my God, that's amazing. But I think that, too few people know about uh, unified labeling or, or information protection, and fewer still actually implement it in, in any good way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see plenty of other interesting stuff, like the Teams experience is nice. I think Power BI is one of the, like most, to me, one of the more obvious tabs to add in a team, because there's always data you need to show somehow. Uh, and being able to find that data and curate it, it's great yeah and, and look at it this way i mean power bi is probably going to be the the bleeding edge yep. it's going to be all the way out to the user and what if the user starts to copy and paste data out of power bi and put it in, into excel and doing weird equations on it you can control where that data goes but if you were to put in unified labeling and uh, information protection well suddenly you can't copy the data out of power bi anymore and that is oh, one exactly. way to make it that much more difficult to screw things up. Yeah, and I think that's what we talked about as well with the um, personalized, uh, personalized visuals, that it's so easy to take an existing valid data set, just visualize it in another way and make it say something completely different. 
And I think that's something you need to talk about as well when you talk about BI in general and BI for everyone, that it can be misused knowingly or unknowingly. And you need to be very careful in who you get a visual from. Even if the data is correct, they want to communicate something with a specific visual, which is something I know that you have been looking into in depth. So, I Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I keep harking on the fact that BI is a tool. Visuals, well, that's a tool. And you can use that tool for good and bad. That's why I'm going to point out something that I am not very comfortable with at all. Oh. So there, there is a few new template apps. One of the template apps is a COVID-19 app. And it's designed to help you track COVID-19 cases and so on and so forth. It's, it's beautiful. It is an amazing visual expose of the COVID-19 stuff. But there is a reason I have not said a word about COVID-19. I have not done any visuals. I haven't done any blog posts. And that is because I think the data underneath the, the uh, visuals everywhere is absolute and utter complete crap. Yeah. And I find it more dangerous to use incomplete or incorrect data to do visuals and talk about that than just not saying anything. So I think it is a bad thing to do anything with uh, COVID-19 and think that you're actually showing reality because it's always going to be incorrect in some way, shape, or form. Come back in a couple of years, then we're going to have a good data set, a good normalized and, and perfect data set. No, not a perfect data set, but a much better data set. <laughs> is there such? And and I think this is a very good, it's one of my absolute favorite quotes from um, Mythbusters. Re I reject your reality and substitute my own. That's data in a nutshell. That is data in a nutshell. Very, very good point. I, I have to agree. Yep. And there are some other things. And one thing that all the admins are going to love is the fact that you can now install the Power BI Data Gateway through PowerShell. Oh, nice. Yes. So it is now po possible to do it without having any hands-on stuff at all. And that is a huge step for um, not tweakability, but for adminability. Yep. Anything else? Oh, Yes. I'm just going to point out one more thing, and that's um, Arun Olag, the corporate vice president for, for BI stuff, and especially for Power BI. He put down a huge blog post called Driving a Data Culture from Insight to Action. It was posted on the 6th, and it goes through not only all the cool stuff that was um, sent out on, on Ambas, but it also goes through where they are, where they want to go, looking at the roadmap and so on and so forth. So definitely look at that blog post because Arun puts it down beautifully. So moving on to some other news, we have new hardware. We do. <laughs> You're not as excited as I am. I can't wait to spend all my non-existent money on things I don't need. But Panos Panay and Robin Sailor? Sorry if I ruined your last name there, Robin. Uh, announced new hardware and a lot of new hardware. Mm. So from the top, uh, I think we we'll should we should do this in uh, size order, starting with the biggest one. So a new Surface Book has been released, Surface Book 3, 
which is still available in 13 and a half and 15 inch and it's awesome as as always it's super powerful uh 10 generations intel cpu uh awesome graphic cards all the goodness of surface books but only 32 gigs of ram and the reason why i point that out is now when they have the surface laptop 3 which i have the 15 inch the differentiation between the surface book and the surface laptop is starting to be graphics which which makes total sense and the ability to release the screen there there are other things like the cpu is probably i haven't looked into the specs in that detail but i'm starting to feel that do we really need both the laptop and the book and i would have expected the book to perhaps push ram to 64 just to differentiate even more yes i i i see where you're going with that and while i would agree you i think you know why there's uh or not necessarily why but how come there is the 32 gig limitation and that's down to the chipset yeah and i'm i'm not sure that uh, there is a chipset a a a laptop chipset that can do 64 with that Uh, combination 128 in the lenovo's oh that's interesting then then there is no limitation there no and and it can be that the, the lenovo's are probably the p1 is thicker but that's the things that microsoft figures out and i even believe that you have like in the x1 i think you can get 64 i may be mistaken on that but but there's definitely laptop grade chipset that supports more than 32 gigs of ram and yes the the amount of people that would need 64 is extremely small Uh, which which could not sure that i agree there i think that the number of people that could use 64 is a lot higher than you realize and those are the those those are the people that are lugging around the behemoths like yeah. the old thing that you had that you could easily kill small animals with. But what I find more interesting is what is not there in the Surface Book Three. Where are the AMD chipsets? Where are the AMD CPUs? Good point. And I would guess that they uh, can't get the NVIDIA graphic card, or, or for obvious reasons, you can't get the NVIDIA graphic cards with the AMD chipset. And I think that from a workstation point of view, especially laptops, NVIDIA still have the upper hand over AMD. So I would guess that that's the reason why. I'm sure that uh, Tony could have uh, an opinion or two about that. So yeah, let's 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 keep keep that discussion going. So moving down a size to the Surface Go 2. And I think that it's rather obvious who they are aiming that for. Uh, because it's close to only children in the commercial. Uh, so it's, it's a new generation of the um, Intel Go. Gold. Gold, exactly. Next generation Gold CPU. LCE. Looks like a really nice device again i think they may have i think the first one was crap as you <laughs> not crap yeah but no it, it's 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 <laughs> utter crap in my view it is so slow and i i wanted to love the machine it has the perfect size it yep. has perfect size great battery time but it is just absolutely 
useless because it's too slow. And I think that they may have solved it with this because I don't think you actually need that much more in terms of performance to make that difference. They are claiming 64% better performance Whoa. Uh, than the previous one. And I think that would that would do it. That would make it usable for real. I don't think they need to have like 200% or... I, I think it's a very fine line between unusable and usable. And they may have sorted that out now. Well, you know me, I'll buy the darn thing anyway. Yeah, and I have my Pro X, so I would have a hard time buying a Go as well, since I want to buy other things as well. But we'll we'll see. But same price, three ninety nine. Looks brilliant, uh, and I do see it taking off this time in another way than the first one did. I hope so. Next up, generation two of the Surface headphones. Do they actually work this time? I I don't know. And and the thing is that I I like mine. Like if if I'm f- when I were flying, I actually had the Surface headphones uh, instead of my Jabra's because they were more comfortable on flights. Mm. Uh, the seventy Jabra seventy five that is. Uh, so so I like them, but as you say, I'm not impressed at all by the uh, quality they, they could have been better so i hope they've sorted that out they have increased the battery life which and, and that's the interesting thing like i think they claimed the yen ones to have 14 hours of battery life and they have but 14 hours is a very short amount of time especially when you're traveling so that's something that was a real struggle for me uh in some cases, since the headphones I'm wearing now, the 85s, which are obviously connected with a cable and not wireless, but they had batteries for the noise cancellation, that was a completely other way of thinking. I w- didn't need to worry when boarding a flight, will my headphones last? So 20 hours is the new battery life, the claimed battery life as well, which I like. And they've also done the thing I really missed. You can now rotate the uh, ear cups 180 degrees instead of 90. For storage. So, yeah, for storage. The, the thing is that if you took your Surface headphones off and twisted them to have around your neck, the ear cups were facing upwards, which wasn't good. And especially not while raining or whatever. So now you're able to flip them entirely around, which makes way more sense. Just as the 85s I'm currently wearing is. And they are now available in black. And that may well be the reason for me to get them. (laughs) Uh, But when my non-existent money gets there, I'll go for the Jabras first. uh, And we'll see. Something and moving to the smallest of the released things, the Surface earbuds. Finally here, still looking horrible. I, uh, I no, I have nothing. <laughs> they hurt the, my eyes. They are hideous, and I want them. <laughs> and and it, like, I want them for two reasons. It's a Microsoft thing, and I actually need pair of smaller earphones now for exercising um 
You you really think those will stay in your ears <laughs> if you move around? Just they they look claim at them. they they claim to like you you could probably take like gaffer tape. Gaffer's tape is one option. Um, yeah. cy- <laughs> cyanoacrylate glue is another. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's and and then the I I would love to buy them and try out all of these cool touch features that you get with them to see if I have any use for it. Because I have, have touched control earphones previ- or headphones previously and used them, but like read email, start Spotify, uh, dictate. If I could use them, I would love to, but I doubt I will. And then we have the price. In, so the, the uh, retail price in the US is $199. In Sweden, it's two and a half thousand Swedish kroners. And that's a very expensive pair of uh, earphones. And I have a very hard time seeing that they are worth it. Yeah, the, the AirPod Pros, is they're, they're $249. Yeah, but that's in the US, right? 249 So they are probably, or is it, that's Swedish. No, that's price. that's the US. Yeah, so it's probably sh- more expensive in Sweden then. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. We also have a new Surface Dock, which I like, and I hope I haven't looked into that either yet. That it has gigabit Ethernet. That's something I'm missing with my current one. Um, but that's about time. And they also have a multi-port Microsoft USB travel hub, which is nice, and some additional accessories like new pair or uh, keyboards, mouse things like that but a huge update to it i'm still missing the um, surface studio gen 3 i would love to see one of those i don't know if they will release one but that would be great and also on that note let's add that we won't be seeing surface duo or neo this year since microsoft are focusing on things that people are using today so they are focusing their development efforts for windows 10 x on single screen devices and it's a bummer like i would have loved to to get my hands on a duo and or neo and um, but i fully understand why they're focusing on uh, single screen devices for now yeah I, i was kind of surprised but the more i think about it i think it makes all the sense yeah speaking about that sense i i've actually sorry sense Se- no n- no sense here okay nonsense nonsense <laughs> exactly i have a new phone waiting wait so so they found a refurbished windows phone somewhere in somebody's drawers and you got one no 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 i, I still have my not even unboxed hp x3 so that's that's not what i need but I've purchased an iPhone. Wait, what? <laughs> did, did I hear you correctly? Did you say on air that you have purchased an iPhone? Yes. For yourself? Yes. I've decided to go for two phones. One private phone and one work phone. Mm-hmm. My intention were to take over my wife's old iPhone since she uh, upgraded hers to an an iPhone 11 and had an 8 previously. Mm -hmm. Then, like everyone does with an iPhone, she dropped it. And since it doesn't work anymore. 
Funny. So that. I've been running her <laughs> former phone, an iPhone 6, now for a while. Challenge is that that one had or have some serious battery issues, especially when it's cold. So it's it's really not a workable phone and it's dead slow and also runs iOS 12. So I thought that I need a new phone and for work purposes, I would like to have an iOS device which I can use to do tests and so on as well and, and live as I learn. So I've purchased an iPhone SE, second generation, which is now waiting at the post office. And it, it looks like a brilliant phone. It's like, it's it's the size, if I've understood it correctly, from the, the iPhone 6, which is a very nice, it's 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 a decent size, um, but with the performance of the iPhone 11. It's basically an iPhone 11 squished into the shell of an iPhone 6. Yeah, so I yeah. think that will be a great fit. And w- when my wife, because she was like, were you serious when you said that you were buying an iPhone? And I was like, yep, uh, I'm doing that for, for work purposes and for one very important reason, which I've really missed since since I had an iPhone while waiting for my new phone, uh, since after the um, ice bar incident of 2018. Uh, passport. Mm. Because that's something that Android, they, they have Google Wallet or whatever it says, uh, or if I'm mixing them up now. Um, but that's a feature I really missed when, again, when traveling. Um, so it will be really interesting to make that migration, move all of my personal apps and stuff to my phone and then leave work in, in the uh, Note phone I have. Interesting choice, yeah. So that was three out of our 20 topics yep you have a few minutes still to go through your side of the wood (laughs) uh so let's start with apart from my iphone purchase i'm speaking in august at the workplace ninja summit which has now gone virtual it was intended to go off at uh, Zurich airport in august but for the obvious reasons they have now moved the physical event to 2021 uh, but they are still doing a virtual one which i'm invited to speak at together with together uh, with gary hampson from ireland and we'll be talking about getting started with windows virtual desktop so we have the first session of the event on the 25th of august and it's a free event so sign up it, it's a so it's, it's workplace focused and everyone's there I believe they actually managed to squeeze in at least half of my MVP group and a bunch more, as well as Microsoft speakers. So it's a really, really good event. Sign up and see you at the Workplace Ninja Summit in August. Other than that, we have had some new Intune features, which I think I'll save actually and gather them all because we will probably see new features today or tomorrow. So let's talk about the new technical preview of Configuration Manager instead. So we have had many similar releases uh, in in terms of features in Power BI. So small things that makes a huge difference. And one of the things that's now out in the 2004 release is the ability to, if you view properties of a device in config manager you can get everything from mac address to name to whatever and you haven't been able to copy 
that data in any good way. So now you have copy value, copy property, select all, and save result as CSV in the console. So it's a tiny thing, but I've seen, I, I tweeted when it was released that that's probably the feature I'm most excited about. And I have seen at least four or five of my MVP colleagues that say the same. Like there are a bunch of other really, really cool features. But that's, that small thing that you, if you would have had that feature previously, you would have used it like 20 to 100 times per day. So that's that's great. And uh, there's also a bunch of other things, uh, especially around tenant attach, uh, where you now will be uploading a lot more data to the mem console from your config manager environment, which is super nice. What does that mean? What did you... I heard a lot of words, but what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, very good point. So the, the Microsoft Endpoint Manager vision is that you should have one place, which is currently a new Azure console or, or Azure portal, where you should be able to control your config manager managed clients, Intune, co-managed, Yamf managed. You should have all your data in one centralized online console. Uh, and they are now building out what's called tenant attach, which is basically attaching your on-prem config manager environment to your Microsoft Endpoint Manager portal. And it uploads a lot of information and you can also take actions on your config manager devices on-prem from the cloud. Wow, even I understand that. Yeah, so that's super cool. That is super cool. And I hate to break it to you, but on that very super cool note, it is time to end this episode. It's been... A lot of stuff, and we have a lot more stuff in the notes that we need to figure out a way to put into the next session. Or, yeah, or or just do a couple of, of specials. That works too. But until next time, we're going to be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.